0: Life is hard. Life with chronic, critical, and complex health concerns is even harder. We all know someone who is struggling with health issues or disability. It might even be you. And in the pain and suffering, we wonder if it's possible to move from surviving to thriving. We struggle to hope, struggle to persevere, struggle to trust that God knows what He's doing. But in the struggle, there is real hope, and it's possible to be rooted and ready to weather the storm. Welcome to the Blue Bluestem Project Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Hello, and welcome to the Blue Bluestem Project Podcast. We're husband and wife team, Brandon and Amy Smith. The Blue Bluestem Project exists to equip and encourage you in the suffering, hardships, and trials of life that come with health issues and disability. We do this by helping root you in Christ and by giving you the tools you need to be ready for life's greatest obstacles. Today, I get the privilege of sitting down with Hunter Pinky for our first Blue Bluestem Project Story of Hope. And what a story of hope is, is we're gathering testimonies from people that have been through hard things and have seen God greatly show up and minister to them and give them an opportunity to tell their story. And so Amy has this episode off, and I get to sit down with Hunter, who uh, is an amazing man who's been on an amazing journey with some hardships and obstacles and has demonstrated truly and I've only seen this from afar brother but demonstrated an amazing faith. And so it's really great to be here with you.
1: Let's go. I'm excited, man. This is uh you know, I told you last week that uh I'm pretty I'm pretty mild-mannered. I'm pretty uh quiet, but you start you start talking about what the Lord's done in my life. I start getting excited. So you might have to adjust that volume now yeah. uh, halfway through here because yeah. uh, we might get going.
0: Yeah. Well, I see that. I see it on your faith and I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily love public speaking uh, in general, but if I can talk about the Lord, that gets me fired up. Absolutely. But, so we're, we're sitting up here at the University of North Dakota, where uh, Hunter is a student and where I graduated from. And I remember... This was before I came to know Christ. I think it was my freshman or sophomore year taking, like, introduction to public speaking. And it was a three-minute speech. The first one you had to give was a three-minute speech about yourself. I remember it took me, like, five hours, and I sweated through, like, three white T-shirts preparing it, <laughs> talking about myself. And then I came to Christ, and then I all of a sudden had this desire to talk about him publicly to people. And I was kind of, like, looking at myself, like, what on
1: earth? Hey, you know what they say that's though. That's happened to me. In in, in, the, in Christ, you are a new creation. Yeah, exa- well,
0: that, that's exactly. Come what on I was, now. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. I was like, this can only be from God. But not, enough about me. Do you remember when we
1: first met? So I do, I, and and I remember uh, at the athletes retreat, and then I remember Wallace because Wallace is is a tough guy to forget. Yep. Um, but you probably have a better idea on the, the Wallace story, but from what I remember was I was the captain of fun at the Winter Retreat um, in a small town. It was outside of Medina, wasn't it? Yeah, yep. It was Crystal Springs, I believe, yep. was, the, was the camp. And um, that, was, that was the first time I think we'd met.
0: Yeah, so I had a uh, friend named Wallace Francis who played in the NFL for nine years, uh, was the Atlanta Falcons player of the year, I think in 1978, made a Pro Bowl and he was speaking at a small church in Streeter, North Dakota, and and you were there. Yeah, yeah. And someone introduced you to me because you were graduating high school, had a scholarship to play football. Yes, for UND. Yep. And connected connected us. And so I actually had your your uh, somehow we exchanged numbers. That's at least right. I had yours. That's so I right. Had, yep. I had your number, and then. Uh, after that, Wallace had had such a major impact on college athletes, especially in the area that I created this thing called Athlete Winter Retreat, and we would invite college athletes from different universities in the area—Minnesota State Moorhead, Concordia, NDSU, then UND. I think even eventually South Dakota uh, State maybe came. And so I was running that, and the first year that UND came, you were you were the main FCA leader. Let's go. And, and we uh, – because it was, it was a partnership with Fellowship Christian Athletes and Athletes in Action, and we nominated you the captain of fun so that before, like, every session, you, you would do a fun little – I got him war- fired up, Brandon. W- – warm-up That's game. That's right. I got him oh, was, fired up. Oh, it was super great. So I, I remember that uh, super vividly. And so, you know, fast-forwarding from – I mean, that was a f- probably two, three years ago. Yep. And we're sitting here now in Grand Forks, North Dakota – and you're in a wheelchair. And I have a son who's five, who's in a wheelchair. And so when I heard about your accident 9 months ago, it, re- it really did hit me pretty hard. Um even you know at that point we didn't know each other super well, but we had interacted. And so I knew the you know 64 230 maybe 240 pound, you know, division 1 tight end Hunter Pinky uh but who had, so I knew you like as a, this physical specimen, right? But also really knew that you had made Christ the center of your life. You were a great uh, leader. And then I end up hearing, yeah, this skiing accident leaves you with a severe uh, spinal injury. So before, we'll give you an opportunity to kind of tell our, our listeners what happened. But can we back up before that for a second? Tell us a little bit about where you're from and, and a little bit about your athletic career.
1: Well, Brandon, I'm from small town, North Dakota, a little town in South Central part of the state called Wishick. We are the sauerkraut capital of the world. U- unofficial, unofficial. <laughs> okay, okay. But uh, no, I live behind the sauerkraut curtain down there. And, uh, the sauerkraut curtain. That's right. That's right. Um, but it's a small town. I had 18 in my graduating class. And so very rural area and grew up playing sports of all kinds, because if you didn't play sports, you didn't have a team. So, I mean, I, uh, I love to compete. Everybody had to. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it was. So I I played four sports and athletically, I was always a basketball player first. I mean, you said six, four, I'm actually six, six. Um, so I I was guessing I was a tall, I was a tall kid, um, in a class B school. And so basketball was my passion growing up and my grandpa played basketball at UND. So I always thought I want to play basketball at the University of North Dakota. That Hmm. was always my goal. Hmm. Um, So I was the second-rated player in the state of North Dakota going into my senior year, um, going that summer, and I was playing good basketball. Um, I was getting recruited by the the I-29 schools, um, UND, NDSU, South Dakota, South Dakota State, uh, to play basketball. And on June 23rd of 2015, that all kind of changed for me, and we'll probably get into that a little bit, um, more later, but uh, I lost my best friend Zach hmm. kovalvog, and I didn't want to play basketball anymore. I didn't touch a basketball for three months after his accident, and a couple weeks after he had passed away, the University of North Dakota offered me a scholarship, but it wasn't for basketball; it was for football. And it was just kind of an escape to uh, hmm. to get away from the game and, and kind of a new beginning for me athletically. So that's how I ended up at UND, and. Played four awesome years. Uh, went to the FCS playoffs a couple times. I got to travel to some amazing places, and so yeah, that's kind of my athletic athletic career. But yeah, I'm just a small town kid from Wishick now. So I, I remember when when I met you and, and you were at Streeter listening
0: to Wallace. Someone from the Streeter area or from from a neighboring town. Pointed you out to me and said, "Man, we hate we hate playing them because he just he just destroys us." He was talking about basketball. Sure, sure. He's like, "It's just
1: really depressing." For us well, to, for us to play against
0: Hunter Pinky. <laughs>
1: now, I, I like to think that I'm a pretty nice guy off the court, but uh, just like you as well. I mean, when it, when you step on the court now, it's game time. So yeah, uh, competitive fire, no doubt,
0: no doubt, for sure, for sure. So, when would you say? perhaps, that you came to know Christ, or that living, uh, you know, repenting of your sins and following him with your whole heart became real in your life?
1: Well, I probably grew up like a lot of kids, where I had a really strong family, good, strong family faith background. But I'd say in high school, it was more of a, all right, I'm going to get into my faith because I want it to look good. Hmm. And so I, I, uh, I led an FCA group. I started FCA in, in my, in my high school and I went to church, but I really did it because that was what, you know, the star athlete should do. And I helped people because I wanted to be a good guy, not because it's the right thing to do, but because it looked good to be the good guy, you know? And so um when I went to college, I was I had done kind of no wrong. I was I was the goody two goody two shoes guy. Sure, sure. Um had never really made a mistake and uh and in my first two weeks I got a minor um in possession of alcohol. And then I also got a loud party ticket the first weekend I moved into my house my freshman year of college. Okay. So it was it was a rough freshman year. Um And the FCA leader up here at UND named Ev Nelson, he contacted me the spring of my um, freshman year of high school. He'd He'd been picking at me, picking at me all through, come to FCA, come to FCA. That spring, he goes, hey, Hunter, I think you'd be a good FCA leader for us next year. I said, "Ev, are you blind? Have you seen my last year oh. of college?" <laughs> okay. Like, okay, yeah, I'm a I'm a Christian, but I'm not that good of a Christian, right? Sure, sure. And you know, I think I think you got a lot of potential. So I go to a camp called UTC, um, yep. down in the city's Ultimate Training Camp, and something flipped for me. God really met me there, and that's probably there. There is where uh, my faith changed, and it became less of um, what the world thinks of me and more about who's I was and, and and truly became my own faith. So, yeah, so, freshman yeah, year and college. And that
0: was, yeah, freshman year of college. Right. Cool, cool. And you said you you played football for four years, had an opportunity to go to the FCS playoffs. Yeah. And then if, if you would, would you walk us through just what happened this last December on that ski
1: slope in Colorado? Sure. Well... We had uh, we had lost in the FCS playoffs, and so my good buddy, who I am still roommates with, Noah Wanzek, had said, "Hey, let's go skiing." We'd gone skiing before in previous years, and let's go skiing um, over Christmas break. It's kind of my graduation present, and so I'd skied all over the country—Oregon, Montana, Wisconsin—but I'd never skied in Colorado, which is like you know. But, the but you place were an experienced ski. skier. Absolutely, yeah. I've been skiing yeah. since I was a fourth grader. Okay, um, and so. I felt pretty good about, uh, you know, my skill level. And so we get out to Colorado Keystone was the the resort and first 10 seconds back on the mountain going down, I'm back. Like, you know, I got my mojo back, okay. you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'm feeling good. I'm skiing backwards in and out of cuts. And, um, I love being in the trees. That's where I ski. I sure, mean, I like sure. being in the trees, moguls in and out of the, in and out of the trees. And so, first run of the day, I see a little opening into the trees. I take it. it was kind of a shoot going over to the other side of the run. There was these trees in the middle of the run. And so I see this little shoot and I take it and I gained some speed and coming out of those trees, um, a guy was on the other side in my blind spot and uh, cut in front of me. And so I tried to avoid him. Um, we ended up colliding and I went headfirst into a tree at pretty high speeds and the injury um, knocked me out very, very shortly. But I remember completely everything. Hmm. Um, and when I kind of came to, I, my first thought was, that was my toughest fall. Like, oof, this one might hurt in the morning. Yeah. And then and you're, you, a,
0: you're a Division One football player. So yeah. You know something about I mean, contact. And- I've been hit
1: how many times yep. in my life? And so, uh, you know, you move to get up and, you know, you just can't get up. And then my next thought was there must be something on my legs cause I, I can't get up. And hmm. then you, you go to look and there's nothing on your legs, but you just can't move them. And that's where, you know, fear kind of hits you. And I don't know if you want to talk about it now, but there was a moment there on the mountain where, um, you just call out to God and, uh, it's pretty amazing what happened next. So he comes and meets you and, and, uh, well, that's that's a lot, a long story. But well, I, I imagine it, it, it might be real encouraging and
0: good for us to hear, it, yeah. as much as you're willing. I, I realize Absolutely. we're we're talking about something very deep and painful, traumatizing. Um, so I certainly don't want to ask you to talk about anything no. beyond what you feel. No, I'm, I'm comfortable. comfortable with. But I, that was one of the you know one of the things that I wondered about. Was like, what went through your mind? in the aftermath and you've already explained a little bit you're laying there you realize you can't move your legs and you're starting to realize there's paralysis here right and there's
1: this fear and and the first thing you did was cry out to the lord yeah so you know you i'm on the mountain and and i kind of realize oh no like this this is serious and the guy that had cut me off he had actually came over and called ski patrol and, and uh and nine one one, and so he comes over and, and my first question to him was uh are you are you a christian really and he goes yeah i am i say do you want to pray really? and uh i'm not kidding you brandon you know shock is going through your body fear i mean not was my not only was my lore half actually paralyzed but i mean i was paralyzed in fear yeah, and uh, I kid you not, we pray out to God, and an unbelievable peace hit us on the mountain. I mean, I have, I really, from that moment, from the moment I prayed on the mountain, to sitting here today, nine months later, I have not worried about my future one time, not once. I prayed to God. I said, "Whatever you've got in store for me, whatever, whatever you've got planned in your book, up there in heaven." Hey, let's do this thing. I have no idea why you brought me here, why I'm laying on this mountain, but there's gotta be a reason. And so, um, it was an unbelievable piece. I mean, I I was joking with the ski patrol as they're checking to see if I'm paralyzed, smiling, laughing with them. Um, I remember telling the guy that, that cut me off, Hey, don't, don't have any regrets about this. You know, like life happens. And, uh, just do me a favor. Don't, don't feel bad about this because it's not your fault. Um, there was no hate. There was no poor me. I mean, I think I thought to myself, why me one time? And then immediately it switched to why not me? And, uh, I can only credit that to the Lord. I mean, that's not, I don't think that's normal, Brandon. So, um, yeah, it's gotta be a Lord. I have chills
0: just sitting here listening to you tell, say that, that is nothing short of miraculous yeah
1: and so after that i kind of to wrap that my recovery up I um, got flown air um, by a air to a little town called Frisco Colorado they did all the initial imaging and I went to uh, it was st. Anthony's in Lakewood um, right outside of Denver I was there for about a week and then I went to Craig Hospital which is one of the top rehab facilities for spinal cord injuries and was there for two months of inpatient, and then about two weeks of outpatient, and that's when COVID hit. So, yeah, just um, yeah, imagine that on top I mean, of everything else. Yeah, it was nuts. So, but I got I got my recovery done at Craig, and and they prepare you well. So, and then I came back home.
0: Yeah, brother. Yeah, that's that's incredible. What was the, the rehab like, in terms of physical pain, emotional pain?
1: Yeah, I mean, you go from being, you know, a division one athlete and um, blocking, you know, 275 pound men to now I can't sit up in bed. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, you know, bathe myself. I mean, I I, I tore every muscle in my shoulders, both of them. and that's how I get around now, are my shoulders. So if I don't have my shoulders, I really can't so the, move. So at that point, you were a, a lot farther behind where you are now. Absolutely, I've made huge strides. Um, my my level of injury is at the T six T seven level, but from a lot of my injury and because of swelling, I was actually up near like the T two T one range of feeling. So that was actually above my nipple line. Ex- explain. Uh- yeah, T two, T one. Yeah, so there's six, there's, the, there's the C spine, which is up in your neck. Um, so like, it starts up at C one, um, that goes down, I think, believe to C seven, and then you start your thoracic spine, um, which is kind of your upper back. And so that's where I broke um, vertebrae. I actually broke uh, T four through T nine, and I didn't just break them, Brandon. I shattered them. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was gone. Um, tell me this, Brandon. How do you go headfirst into a tree and not break your C spine? I mean, I didn't break my neck and I didn't have a concussion.
0: Yeah, I, but I shattered I T four through T nine. Can we
1: get a doctor on this podcast? I mean, yeah. that's not supposed to happen. Hmm. Um, so that was the first miracle in this. Um, but yeah, then your your uh, T spine. I, I
0: think the first miracle is your disposition and the peace the Lord. Gave. Yeah. Well, that, if you know? yeah, I mean, but physical physically, physically yeah, I mean, how know? how
1: did I not even have a concussion? But then. Uh, So, yes, T-spine and then down to your lumbar spine, which is in your kind of lower back. So I broke mid-back, and my level of injury is kind of right below the pectoral muscle right now is kind of where my feeling stops. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the Lord does uh, a—we'll just call it what it is, an absolute miracle in giving you a peace and a hopefulness and a trust in Him. How did did that manifest itself— or go in waves perhaps as you went through rehab i mean because you're you know not only do you have this injury you're in a different state yeah you're not you're not at home you know right. there's all kinds of small layers to this that the average person might not think about but that are real and consequential
1: right no you know at craig they they tell you a lot you know you're gonna have your good days and then you're gonna have your bad days right mm-hmm. And and like you said the waves And from the start, that didn't really sit right with me because I just kind of had this perspective, Brandon, of I'm not going to have bad days anymore. And a lot of people say, like, trust me, you're going to have bad days. Like, you can't feel your bladder. You can't control your bowels right now. Like, you're going to have bad days. I said, no, I'm not going to have bad days. I'm I'm just because every day I have from here on out is a day that, Could have been taken away from me. I'm still breathing. I'm still thinking. I still have my hands. I mean, I'm still living, right? And so I have tough days.
0: So you you had kind of an amazing sense of gratitude for what you did have. Without a doubt. And so, I mean. on what you didn't.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, yes, it comes in waves. But there's no bad waves for me. Because really, I mean, I'm just so happy to be alive. Um, Don't get me wrong now. There's tough days. I mean, there's, there's really tough days and, and tough moments, but I have good days and, and tough days. I just keep stacking good ones and good ones, and we just keep going and keep rolling, keep yeah, rolling.
0: That's awesome. What would you say, or maybe just in the, in the immediate aftermath while you're you know, on the slope, but then at Craig Hospital starting to rehab, starting to face you know, your new reality, what was your relationship with God like then versus pre you know before that
1: you know before my injury I would say at times in your faith you can get comfortable and I kind of had a checklist of what I thought my life was going to be you know I was going to graduate at this time I was going to get a job with this company hopefully I was going to meet you know a beautiful christian girl preferably blonde about six foot Um, if you're listening out there i'm still looking and i'm just kidding but uh but you know you kind of put this like life in this checklist and i felt like i was kind of checking off boxes Mm -hmm. all right i got my degree i played college football check 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 and after the injury i kind of had this realization of like okay scrap the checklist like god just lead me and before my injury, this is this is just, oh man, I I get chills even talking about this. But mm-hmm. you know, before my injury, Brandon, my life verse was Proverbs sixteen nine. You know, the heart of the man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Hmm. And so I had like in my mind, okay, this is what my life was going to be, and the Lord is just like, all right, you know what, Hunter, you're not going to take any steps for a while now. Just let me take it. And
0: so, so you I would even look at that as like. God sovereignly, like leading you to, to trust and embrace that verse of Scripture that later was going to be incredibly needed and helpful for you. Absolutely, Brandon. I feel my, my like, wife and I had a similar. I mean, have similar story like that as well with yeah. a couple other verses. But
1: I feel like He's been preparing me for this for a long time. I mean, all through 2019. You can ask my parents. You can ask my FCA leaders. You can ask the FCA leadership group. I told them all. I said I think 2020 is going to bring great change in my life. I think that's Mm. the word change, Mm. and I don't know what's coming, but I think it's going to be big. And deep down, I really thought I was going to meet my wife. (laughs) Like that was. uh, I was going to say you were going to (laughs) meet the six foot line. I really thought I was like. (laughs) This is gonna be the year where I finally find that girl, and uh, yeah, I was wrong. So, but, but. It,
0: I mean, but it sounds like like the Lord used a, a direct, you know, statement from the scriptures to prepare you. But then even what I don't know if I would call it subjective had been prompting and preparing your heart for something that was coming up that that none of us could sit here and and. Agree or disagree in the moment that he was doing something with you necessarily, but you knew from having walked with God and His Spirit
1: living within you. Absolutely, I felt he was, like he was preparing you for right what was ahead. I feel like I felt like there was definitely some preparation, without a doubt. Yeah,
0: were there any other things that that you can look back that were yeah that, that helped prepare you for the? at the accident and the aftermath?
1: Well, being an athlete did. Um, I think just the mindset of chipping at the rock and you might not see progress today, but if you do it over and over and over, you're gonna get there someday, right? So I think that kind of athlete work mentality of, you know, just keep chipping at the rock, eventually it'll crack, um, that did. But I also think, you know, the community, I had of not only having, you know, my football guys, but man, I had such a community in my hometown of Wishick. I had such a community of surrounding universities. I said um, after my injury, I think I have the whole state of North Dakota praying for me. That was a false statement because I think the whole nation was praying for me. I mean, the community I had, without a doubt, pulled me through some tough days. So I think I think um, the people that I was able to meet and connect with, without a doubt, helped me along the way.
0: Yeah, and I know, you know, Ev Nelson a bit, great guy. Grandpa Ev. Is that what you guys call him, Grandpa Ev?
1: <laughs> we always tease him that he's this old guy. But, but I,
0: <laughs> no, I, th- I, th- I thought about like, because I knew something of the Christian community you're in, and I rejoiced on your behalf you know, knowing you you got this journey ahead of you and you have some pretty good people in your court well, and yeah, the best. And yeah, you know, I, my wife and I have said a lot, like to suffer is awful, but what's worse than suffering alone? And God had certainly, you know, family, football, Christian community had put people in your life because his people are a means of grace. To us, and sure, it sounds like he had really prepared you in that way were there any were there any ways that you can look back that you could say oh, i wasn't maybe I wasn't prepared uh, in this or in this and and
1: maybe there's not. i'm not asking you to make something up you know this this might seem a little naive, but being a tall guy, I was mm-hmm. not ready to be five feet tall again hmm. And, uh, there's a lot of pride, I think that I had to put away Hmm. to say, Hey, I can't reach that glass on the second shelf. Like, can you Hmm. get that for me Hmm. that I was not expecting that, you know, you don't, you never really think about like shaking somebody's hand and reaching up to shake their hand. Um, you just stick your hand out, right? Not, I I have to reach up to shake somebody's hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was different. Hmm. But when you can humble yourself, that not only affects you in your daily life, that affects you in your spiritual life and in all aspects to, to say, hey, I can't do this anymore and hmm. kind of almost surrender. Um, that I was not expecting, but I think it was beneficial to me um, as a person in my character to say, hey, I, I can't do this.
0: So you, you you really do have an amazing positivity, but I'd actually I don't want to say it that way because I can sound like a man made mustered mustard-up-yourself type of quality, but you have, I've just noticed sitting here talking with you it has been very encouraging to me, an amazing ability to look at something that's hard and think through, you know, ultimately trusting God and his goodness has a plan or a purpose for us. So you're even talking right. about like, yeah, that would be really hard to go from six, six to five feet and not being able to do things. But as you just said, like, here's this humbling thing. And it's, and you can say this humbling has been good for my character. The humbled are nearer to God, right. nearer to him. And so right. your ability to even see how this quote-unquote negative actually has some very redeeming qualities to it I guess without a doubt no to say it like it's really impressive
1: to go to go off that Brandon I want to make it clear to your listeners that you know I'm not trying to say that because of what I've gone through that lessens what you've gone through so you know I'm you know just my mentality is you know take the good out of it right there's gonna be tough days but we gotta take the good out of it I'm not saying that because I'm in a wheelchair and this happened to me that you losing your job doesn't compare. Or I'm not saying that just because you haven't gone through what I've gone through that somehow you're lesser of a Mm -hmm. struggle. Different struggle, but it can be the same response, right? Like whatever you're going through, you can take the good out of that And reflect it back towards the Lord whether you're just got paralyzed whether you just lost your job whether your kid um, has a disability when they're born um, whatever the struggle is and they're different but the response can still be the same in that okay I only got one life to live here on earth I'm gonna make (laughs) the best out of it and take what I can from and how can I learn from this how can I get better from this and so I just want to make that clear that yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying um, because I've gone through what I've gone through that that lessens what somebody yeah. is going through um, in their life.
0: And I think, too, listening to you, and I've seen this in other maybe arenas of our life or walk with God, where God will give a unique grace to someone in an area that can encourage and help the rest of us, but isn't necessarily indicative that we should somehow be able to handle everything exactly like them. Mm. So I would look at your accident and how you have responded and go, that is an amazing example of God's grace and strengthening of you. If nothing else in the, like in an answer to prayer, as you have all this fear laying in the snow, you're paralyzed and him just taking it away. Mm -hmm. And I I think we're both on the same page here. We're not saying that if someone were to have a diagnosis or an accident or something hard, that they should feel bad if they don't respond as well and as good as Hunter Pinky did.
1: Exactly, right.
0: But we can look to your example and go, okay, you know, sometimes real life examples and hearing, you know, someone's story help can help us to move incrementally, let's say in that direction. Like, I've known people who have an amazing prayer life and are just uniquely, you know, connected or gifted or uh, Call; they're endowed by God in prayer to to help kind of lead His people,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like like I have a you know friend with AFC named Al Whittinghill. He's he's that way, and I have found great encouragement and help in my prayer life by Al's example. But there's also a point where it's like I, I don't think it would be healthy for me to say I have to be Al exactly, right? Like he's he has just has a unique anointing or ability, and I see that. Like I would say, I see that in you, where God has given you an ability and a faith um, to trust Him and to walk with Him through some of these things. That is inspiring and helpful to us in our hardship, but not a not meant to be a, a condemnation. Exactly right. Exactly. Because I, I like I remember. So when our son Beckett was born. I know we were told you know, he's never going to walk, he's never going to talk, he's never going to eat from his mouth. One of the first prayers I had was, Lord, help me to trust you. I don't want to get mad at you and run away from you in my time of greatest need. And I know that I could be prone to do that, so would you help and keep me from that? That was, that was like immediately one of my major prayers. And he really answered it. And I had people kind of later say, well, were you mad at God? And I was like, no. But I did, and I think they wanted me to. I think they kind of wanted me to say yes, so that there was like, I don't know, misery labs company, or, or <laughs> we're all in this together. But but like, I would have been lying, right? But I can recognize that was God's grace to me, and he really he really showed it to me that it was his grace to me in that moment to help me with that specific thing, and it was of him and not of Brandon Smith. Because I remember. Um, Maybe it was the, yeah, sometime shortly after that, my, my tax person screwed up my taxes. Oh, boy. Like, and we had a whole, like, I will get into exact details. But we had to pay, we were expecting thousands of dollars back and we had to pay thousands of dollars. So it was a pretty big turnaround. And I remember I, I heard that and I got that and I got really frustrated with the Lord. And right away I was like, huh, I get frustrated over this really small thing compared to what's happening with my son. Lord, it really was you enabling me, giving me the faith to trust you with all of that. And here, I, I think you're giving me a bit of, of grace, showing me too that hey, this isn't Brandon Smith. People really can't praise Brandon Smith for, you know, quote, unquote, being positive, you know, with the situation with that Right. And
1: uh, you got yeah. to look for God's fingerprints all over. I mean, because they're there. Yeah. And I think in your situation and and in mine, too, I mean, you look back and you see the fingerprints of God and you're like, whoa, Mm -hmm. I mean, that that couldn't have come from me. And uh, I think I I, want to encourage your listeners, like if you can just trust and, and take the good out of your situation, whatever that might be, it's different for everybody. Right. But you'll be able to look back. For me, it's nine months back for you. It's the past year's. Um, and see, whoa, there's God's fingerprint right there. All right, God had His hand on that as well, and uh, it's pretty special, man. Yeah. And it's it's kind of it opens your eyes to like, wow, there is there is something guiding me here. Yeah. So, I've gathered, talking
0: with you previously, that when you have thought about that, when you said you felt like God was preparing you for something in 2020, wasn't the the, the tall blonde girl of Jesus
1: Hey, 2020's not over yet. Yeah. <laughs> there's, the, there's
0: the positivity. Oh, I love it. Oh, it's great. Uh, part, of, yeah, part of what he's praying for is, you know, a, a new physical life in a way, uh, in a wheelchair. But I've, like, what else do you feel like this has allowed you to do? Or how else has God used uh, this in your life or just even your personal influence? Well,
1: it's given me a completely new platform. I mean, completely new. I mean, I was always an athlete, right? And I I still call myself an athlete, but now I'm in a wheelchair. I have a completely new audience. And so I get to, to reach that many more people with a message that I really feel strongly about in the gospel. And so, yeah, I mean, in the moment you're like, okay, completely new life, but there's going to be some really big positives that can come out of that because I would have never met the people I've met if I Mm -hmm. wasn't sitting in a chair. And I had a doctor come up to me and say, right after my accident, he said, you're going to be able to do more good sitting in a chair than you ever would walking on your feet. Mm -hmm. And at first that's hard to hear as a, as a uh, prideful. I mean, I've worked hard to become the athlete that I was, and to have somebody say, "Hey, you're going to do a lot more sitting in a chair than you ever were running." I mean, that's that's tough, but uh, man, completely new platform for me. So I'm grateful for that.
0: Well, and I and I've heard some of it from Ev and Nate Safe as well. Like they've talked about hearing you tell your story, and just even you know that you have a really great communication ability that like, like they've, their minds have just been blown. Like, man, (laughs) this guy is going to change the world.
1: Well, Brandon, I I don't want to, I don't want to blow your mic. So I'm keeping my, my voice (laughs) kind of, uh, you know, monotone and and trying to keep it under control. But I I mean, it's exciting. I mean, I just look at life and, uh, man, we only got one of them, you know, Mm. I, I was just reading a book today that they did this study of people over ninety, and the first thing that they said they were they would do over, they'd risk more and they'd reflect more, and then they'd do stuff that leaves an impact. Hmm. I mean, take it to heart, risk more, go out there, be a fisherman, right? Reflect more, look at your life. What are you doing good? What are you doing bad? Pray. And then make impact on people. I mean, we only got one of these things. That I'm, I'm starting to <laughs> starting here, Brandon. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just that's just my attitude. Um, and so when I speak, um, my goal is always to, to impact one person. I mean, I, that's my prayer is that uh, hopefully I can touch one person where they can think and reflect and say, Hey, is this is this where I want to go with my life? Um, is this where I want to do? And what is this thing that that guy's got that? I see, you know what? What is that? And hopefully, I reflect Jesus. And so, yeah, I mean, I can speak um, a little bit, and uh, I plan on using that gift well, because the, the praise the,
0: I've heard from these other guys is not that you can. Oh, no, we speak get going now.
1: We get going, Brandon. It's 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 Dude, a good I, time.
0: You need. We need to get you to every high school in America. Come on now. That's what that's what needs to happen.
1: Book me, <laughs> book me. <laughs> uh, that would be fun. I'm serious.
0: If I was a and I'm not. If I was a Christian of means, let's say, like, and you asked me to help fund a ministry for you to be able to share your story, the hope God has given you who He is, I'd be like, "I'm all in. <laughs> like, here's what I like I'd break the bank to do it. Well so here, maybe, some, like, maybe, hey. maybe someday the Lord will call you to some type of ministry to do right. that, and, and then maybe they'll hear this podcast and hear me saying. Hey, Christian of Means, uh, <laughs> this is where your your money needs to go. Well, hey, we can let, hope for that. I got I got cool.
1: to get a degree first, so get me get me through yep. May. All right, let me get this mechanical engineering degree, and then we can let's let's talk after yeah. that. But I got I got to finish that first. Maybe get you the
0: tall blonde who loves Jesus too. Oof, <laughs> oof, come that on. Now. That that's not a, that come doesn't have to now. be a prerequisite. <laughs> that's sorry. That's so that's so funny how you said that. That's oh, that's been great. You, you've already mentioned a One very specific thing, he says Proverbs 16, 9. Have there been any any other scriptures uniquely
1: that have ministered to you and helped you in this time? You know, uh, that's a good question. I mean, there's so many that you look across and you see them kind of imprinted on on parts of your life. You know, I think uh, one thing for me, you know, my first question out of surgery was can I still have kids? Hmm. You know, that is, I got a lot of goals in my life, but I mean, near the top is to be a dad, right. Mm -hmm. And to be a father. And so, you know, Proverbs 22, 6, where it says, train up a child in the way that he should go and he shall not depart from it all the days of his life. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what the ultimate goal for me as far as, um, you know, being a father would be was to, to raise up a child that, that knows the Lord and knows what joy is, true joy. Um, and so I think that verse has been kind of pretty prevalent for me mm. in that, okay, you can still have kids. It's going to be, it might look a little different, um, but you're going to, that, that's a promise um, that Lord the Lord gives us is that, um, you know, Joshua in Joshua where it says, you know, I have plans for you plans for you to prosper. And um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm still going to be a father someday. I'm, I'm holding on to that. And so that, that verse for me. I,
0: I, I imagine you're really going to end up being a spiritual father to a number of people. I, I Again, just hearing your story and knowing a bit, even outside of us sitting down today, like I do think your, your life, and, you know, I, I thought of the quote, you know, only one life, will soon be passed only was done for Christ will last mm-hmm. like you like you you got that locked in your brain and in your heart <laughs> yeah to right. the to the nth degree <laughs> and so I, I think you'll really have a, a great spiritual influence well thank you yeah. be It'll pretty amazing yeah what you know maybe just as we're wrapping up here like what in light of all that you've been through and how God has met you, how you've seen him in the scriptures, what would you want our listeners to know about Jesus, your your Savior and Lord? What would you want them to know?
1: You know, Brandon, uh, I could take that question, I could go about a hundred different ways with that. But here's the deal. You know, a lot of people see the hunter pinky that is rehabbing and is so positive positive and uh, the hunter pinky that played division one football and is Wishick's all time leading scorer. And that's the hunter pinky. They see, don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. I was a very broken person. I mean, I've dealt with it. I've dealt with the sexual temptation. I've dealt with the, the temptation of pornography. I've fallen into it. I've, I've dealt with lying. I've dealt with everything. I mean, don't get it twisted. I am a broken person that needs grace, period. So you're a sinner like the Uh, the rest of us. Come on now. I mean, this is life. The enemy comes after you. And if I would say one thing about Jesus is that he's never too far away to come on back. I mean, whatever you're going through, he's still there, and he's catching your tears. I mean... (laughs) You can feel like you are at the bottom, laying in a hospital bed, paralyzed from your chest down, and he's still there holding your hand. And he'll just keep holding your hand and guiding you through the waters. I mean, I don't know how many times in my life, Brandon, I have thought to myself, there is no way, no way God can forgive me for this one. Sure, yeah. There's no way. and. I'll ask I you the same a question. Pe- a lot of people. Come on now. Have
0: thought that. Yep.
1: How am I ever going to get through this? I am this filth. I'm the bottom of the barrel. If I'm going to tell you one thing about Jesus, is that He is a redeemer, and that He can redeem your life. He can bring you from the bottom, and bring you to the mountaintop. And you don't need to be. You don't have to think you're anything special. You you might think I. There's nothing special about me. I don't have anything. I can't speak like him. I don't look like him. Trust me, honey. You got something special about you. You just got to go find it. You know, people say, I I don't have purpose. Uh, At times, we thought we didn't have purpose. And then you start walking in purpose and you find your purpose. Isn't that the truth, Brandon? Come on. You start walking in purpose, eventually you're going to find your purpose. And that purpose has got to be with the Lord. So, I'm just—I'm yeah, he, here to encourage, he, man.
0: He creates us; he makes us new creations, and he prepares good works in advance that we might walk through them. Oh, you know. Yeah. And your your good work is maybe compared to what he asks a lot of people a little more traumatizing and perhaps a little harder, in a
1: lot of ways. But he's given you grace to do it for sure. Hey. I always like saying this and we can wrap it up after this, but I had a, I had a nurse in, in Craig and this is kind of what I'm basing the rest of my life off of is, is what she told me. You know, I was playing a song by Phil Wickham and she goes, Oh, I, I love this song Hunter. Oh, you like this song. Um, do you listen a lot to Christian music? Oh yes. And she told me her story. And how she was in a coma, and she came out on the other side, and and ever since then, she's just been praising the Lord. And she said, you know, I used to look at life like it was a glass half full or a glass half empty, right? But now I look at life because I'm just glad that I have a glass. Hmm. And holy cow, that hit me. It's like, I still got a glass because I still know that Jesus went up on that cross, died for me. He had me in mind and he had you in mind. If I want to tell you anything about Jesus Christ is that he thought of you on the cross and there is nothing you've done in your past. There's nothing that's happened to you that you can't overcome with his help. Period. Yeah. He'll, he'll pay for your sins,
0: forgive you, redeem you. I mean, something I, I think about a lot, you know, in light of my son's, uh, you know, being in a wheelchair is like, yes, Jesus saves us from the penalty of sin. He makes us a new creation, but he's also going to come back and he's going to resurrect us. And those who have believed upon him will go to heaven and we will have new bodies. So I, I think of, you know, with my son, and my my older son who's 7, you know, sometimes will, he'll say like dad I'm, I'm so excited for heaven and we can play football with beck. Mm. And I'm like, "Yep, me too." He like he's going to get a new body. Right. You're going to get a new body. I'm going to get a new body. You know, the the death rate is holding strong at 100%. We're all going to we're all going to die and there's going to be some degree of bodily degeneration And the hope of, hey, I'm going to get a new one and it's going to be way better. (laughs) You know, like that's a pretty awesome. Absolutely, man. That's a pretty awesome hope. That's good. So, well, brother, thank you so much for sharing your story and your heart and how you've seen God uh, work in your life and through your situation. I found it very encouraging and beneficial. I'm sure our listeners have as well. So yeah, what you mentioned a little bit ago, what's kind of next? But yeah, what what do you got going on in the in the near future here? Finishing up school. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm finishing up school. I'm graduating from the flagship university of the state of North Dakota, the University of North Dakota, <coughs> which I, I can get behind that statement. Yes, yeah, I graduated so I a couple a couple of alums <laughs> coming up here. So uh, no, I'm graduating in May, and then boy, you know, I, I'm not putting any check marks on my check boxes on my life. I'm just gonna let the Lord kind of take over. I made the decision actually uh yesterday that I'm going to try and pursue becoming a uh Paralympian. So
0: yeah, that was one of the first things you told me when I yeah, walked in the door um, here.
1: Check I'm back like, in 4 years, Brandon. Yeah. We'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah, well, I want to I want to come watch.
1: <laughs> hey, uh 2024 I Paris. Think you have, you have- yeah, no, I mean I got to chase something and so um the competitive side of me is saying, "All right, let's just, let's just go after this thing." So I don't know. Well, I have. I don't even know what sport I'm gonna try and compete in, but I'm gonna try and compete, and uh, and we'll, we'll see if I can get there. But yeah, uh, Paralympian, and then I I usually revolve it around if I'm impacting somebody for the Lord, um, if I am doing good, showing grace, or if I'm having some fun while doing it. I mean, that's a, that's a good place to start. I mean, so I want to impact people for the Lord. I want to show grace upon people and do good in the world. And I want to have fun while doing it. So that's kind of what my life is going to revolve around. And uh, from there, I mean, we'll let God take over.
0: That's, that's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Well, we want to thank you
0: for listening to this episode of the Blue Stem Project. It has been a blessing having you. If you have found a hunter's story encouraging to you, would you, I would encourage you to, to share it with a friend or family member. Uh, who could use the hope that he has shared. Um, And please do subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend or family member uh, who could use the hope of Christ in their life as they go through medical hardship, suffering, and disability. Thank you.